I saw you from across the bar. Stay there. (laughs) (laughs) If coronavirus doesn't take you out, can I? (laughs) Hey, 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 Colin, you can't have virus without you and I. (laughs) Without us. You can't have us. That's good, too. You can't have uh, you can't have quarantine without (laughs) R-U-A-Q-T. Yep. Oh, this one's. This one is this one is a little, but I'm going to say it anyway, just because are you coronavirus? Because you take my breath away. OK, let's start. Yes, no, no, one, one more. One <laughs> more. Almost terrible. Hey, oh, it was really bad. It's, I, I since the library is closed and I can't check any books. Can I check you out? Ooh, check Ooh. you out instead. Yeah, check you out instead. Yeah, and on a more positive note. Hey, baby, do you come within six feet of here often? I like that <laughs> Okay. Um, oh, 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 final one. This one's amazing. I'd jump in front of a sneeze for you. <laughs> that is so heroic. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Just... All right. Okay. <clears throat> you guys want to get started? Good. I, I, yeah, I think we definitely need that. Okay. I'm Zach. I'm Colin. And I'm Bob. And welcome, welcome to, to the House Plants Podcast. Podcast. Where everything is good and we're doing awesome. We are doing really well. How are you guys doing? I'll wait. I oh. I am doing <laughs> well. I'm doing really good, but I'm excited because we're here to talk about music, media, and the mission of Jesus. And Ooh. tons of other stuff. And before we really, really deep things, apparently. Before we even get to the uh worship music, I think we should just give an update on how we're doing because okay. of the situation. So I will yeah. just, cause you asked, I will just say me and Jessica are feeling very healthy. I was um, sick not too long ago with the flu, not with coronavirus uh, before this, I guess really before it all got kind of um, serious, I guess you could say not that it wasn't serious before, but just uh, now everything is very out there and everybody's being very cautious, but I was sick maybe a month before the news started really coming mm-hmm. out. And I think you were sick maybe a month before that. Yep. But yeah, January. Um, Jessica and I are doing well. We still are working, so that's a blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I would say that anybody who who has to take a break right now, it's probably it's it, some for some people it may be a godsend. It might be nice to have the uh, reflective time to meet with the Lord, uh, uh, do some Bible study, maybe uh, do fellowship with your close family. But for others, it might be tough because they might be out of work. Absolutely. So it's been a great blessing for me to still be able to work. Um, I work in a medical processing field. So I believe that we have been deemed somewhat essential still. Uh, so that is a thing. So for us, we're doing really good. good. How are yeah. you guys doing? Yeah, we're doing good. Kara also, you know, kind of a side medical field. Um, something very important um, still to people's health, but um, not really emergency kind of medical health. Um, and so they're kind of still operating for now. We don't know if that's going to stay that way, but there's also opportunity to like kind of keep working so we're just praying that god kind of keeps us you know keeps us working i'm working and going to school online currently so that's uh been pretty much good that's a blessing right that you still get to because they close schools it's good you still get to be a part of asbury yeah uh so we get to finish our uh our semester which is nice it's not a wasted couple of months of work um and i'm trying to figure out the online streaming sort of side of worship, which is interesting. We I think a, everybody's sort of learning. Yeah, this now. we did a We did a live stream. Um, it was weird because nobody was there, but uh, me and the pastor and like two other people, I was there digitally. Yeah, so sure. we, <laughs> I was commenting. Like we a, felt your presence for sure. You, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, Bob, what about you, man? Uh, we've been doing pretty well overall, um, uh, similar to Zach in the sense that my bride is uh, um, also a student over at Asbury Theological Seminary in Wilmore, and likewise, all of her classes, as, as is everyone's classes there at Asbury, are now online, um, and, uh, and, so, and will be for the rest of the semester. Um, and so my company uh, uh, is, uh, supports financial, uh, is in the financial services industry, so we are definitely deemed uh, essential, and so, so I'm doing a lot of working from home, um, which isn't which isn't too too bad. Is that a blessing? Uh, it's I mean it's a blessing that I'm still working. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. Um, but I definitely. I I, I, I don't yeah. um, personally. I, I prefer the drive into the office. Yeah. Uh, mentally, it's it's easier for me to process the the, the, the different locations. My brain can can oh, can, can, can adapt. It's weird properly. to have to work from home because yeah. it's like you start. You're in an area that you equate with like relaxing and being off work, and mm-hmm. then you got to like motivate yourself while you're in that environment. This is why exactly. I, exactly, I've worked from home and done homework from home and stuff for a long time, and I've always had to like go find a coffee shop or something. So well, that's what I need is a coffee shop to be open. <laughs> well, it's like uh, it's like people who um, uh, take online classes. Initially, you think taking an online class would be so much easier, but then no. you realize that you're really not. You're really you, you, people are a part of this routine. So if you yeah. if you don't feel like you're in the classroom listening to the teacher, mm-hmm. you neglect quite a bit. Yeah. And and maybe that's right. sort of I've, what you're feeling. I found for me it's harder. And, it's and, harder. and my bride says the same yeah. thing. She she intentionally ch- tried to not do online classes this yeah. semester. I mean, when, no, no one really foresaw this coming down the way that it did from you know December January. Um, but, uh, uh, from, from those timeframes, but, uh, so, so she, when she signed up for classes, she was hoping to do all in-person classes because online class have been so brutal for her in the past with her right. disabilities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool deal. Well, so we're um, all yeah. hunkered down and making absolutely through, praying that God helps us out. So but we're we, praying for you all as well. Yeah. yeah we will, we will home. be in prayer when we, yeah. when we get done with the worship song, we pray, we're definitely going to be praying for this community, but I, I just wanted to say thank you to the Lord, uh, right now. Uh, it's mm-hmm. not necessarily a prayer. It's just a outward, a thankful uh, praise that um, we are still all able to work. We're still able to provide for our family and we are not sick. So absolutely. Uh, good. There you go. All right. So Zach, are we worshiping or what? Yep. Um, what are we doing? What's our worship song today? So this is a song uh, based on Psalm 49 mm. and uh, it is about being rescued from hell and, also the um, potential of like falling into pride and stuff. You read Psalm 49. It's all about how um, the, it's the psalmist's enemies um, had all this pride and they um, even for all the scorn that they had, and the pride that they had, none of that would save them. There you go. And so it's about how only Jesus saves us. And it was written by Isaac Watts back in the 1700s. And it's to um, an Irish folk tune. So I like it. And it'll be a nice little uh, prequel to what we're going to be talking about. Yeah. I'm excited.
just in trample on the poor when death has brought you down to dust your pomp shall rise no more the last great day shall change the scene what will that hour appear when shall the Sorry, I changed up the ending. <laughs> no, it's okay. It felt like going a little bit more creepy. I like it. Um, I I wanted to sing harmony, and then I realized my voice was kind of scratching. So I was like waiting until I felt like comfortable doing it, and then uh, I think I might have sang the wrong thing and goofed you up really quick. No, I uh, forgot a word there, but that's okay. Hey, man, it's all good. Um, beautiful hymn. Uh, beautiful Absolutely. words. Uh, and and in particular, I like this. Uh, one line I was going to see uh, say about this. Uh, I'm sorry. Say about this. One right. One line I was going to read and talk about <laughs> is ye sons of pride that hate the just and trample yeah. on the poor. When death has brought you down to dust, your pomp shall rise no more. And what's interesting is this idea of hating the just is 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 very very interesting and and mm-hmm. uh, you know we're going to be talking about a particular subject time we're going to be talking about um where we go when we're um not right with God and and the that final mm-hmm. hour has come and uh just the idea of hating the just um yeah. I feel like it's something we have experienced in the past we've uh we've kind of seen uh people that uh, outrightly dislike uh, Christianity or even, uh, you know, God in general. Yeah. And so, uh, mm-hmm. we, we are going to be talking about uh, a very hugely broad subject tonight and we will only be scratching Big the surface topic, <laughs> huge, huge, huge. Yeah. Uh, and, and part of the reason that we're going to, I think uh, this is good for us to, uh, continue to talk about these discussion topics is so that we don't constantly focus on some of the things that are going on in the world. It's, it's, it's good to know that we're still learning the lessons that the Lord has for us in these times. Um, and so, uh, before we really get into it, uh, we, we, we definitely need to pray. And I think I am up. So I think I will pray Might this be your time. Turn. I think so. It. You got it. So, uh, I think, uh, I will just pray not just for the podcast, but I want to pray for what's going on right now in the world. So let's pray. God, um, this is such a hard time for everyone in, in, in times of fear, in times of sickness, uh, in times of, um, 
hopelessness, um, when we feel like we uh, are darned if we do, darned if we don't, uh, working, not working. Um, there's a lot of people dealing with crisis all across the world. Uh, we just want to pray for these people. We want to pray for people who are um, wanting to find some stability in this time. Uh, we want to pray for the people who are sick, um, who are fearful, uh, people who are out of work or waiting on the ability to work. Um, God, we we pray your blessing upon these people. We pray that your will would be done in the coming weeks um, and that uh, we would just want to let the Lord know um, that we continue to trust in you, as uh, we talked about in the live stream, Harvey talked about, Ken talked about. Um, God, we also want to pray tonight that you would uh, bless this podcast, that it would be glorifying to you. And so we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, guys. <clears throat> so, for everybody listening, we're getting back onto some of these heavy-handed subjects. Getting into some some deep waters here. <laughs> I want to, here's the thing. I want to make sure that people are still seeking the Lord in the scripture and they're not just getting very, very much caught up in this situation. And so um, we are going to continue to learn with the Lord. Yeah. And and when you're in the house with the Bible, it's always nice to have fun things to read about. And so this one I still think is fun, even though the idea <laughs> of it is kind of a scary idea. Um, but yeah, so today we're going to be talking about hell and this will be the first of uh, three episodes. Yeah. Um, but it, mm-hmm. it will all, it will still also be sort of a starting point. So this may be the start of 10 episodes. We don't know. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, we're going to do three in a row. Uh, we're going to do this first week is going to be about hell. Yeah. And then the following two weeks, we're going to talk about also about heaven and about, uh, what happens in between when, uh, we pass away, but we are not yet in the day of judgment. Yeah. Well, you say it's, it's just kind of a fun thing, which I, I agree, um, it's it'll be interesting to sort of process this with you guys. But I also think um, who knows, there could be people out there who are uh, starting to wrestle with these things as they kind of yeah. uh, take a sobering look at the world. And they're like, oh, maybe I need to kind of <laughs> brush up on some of this stuff. Maybe people who who uh, who don't actually um, have a relationship with God who yeah. are just kind of wondering what the Bible says. So we can give you guys a bird's eye view. And then we yep. are going to point you to scripture to look deeper for yourself and really investigate. Absolutely. But yes. we also hope to kind of dispel some of the things that um, you might see on TV or in the culture, some of the mm-hmm. just common mm-hmm. misconceptions. So dare I say mythology that's built within the Christian oh, faith. We're going to get into it, boys. Yeah, like all that stuff, <laughs> about, all that stuff about Zeus and uh, Pegasus and Hercules <laughs> That Christians believe is that, right. that really in the Bible? Can you guys can, just for a minute? Can we try something? Can you can you all be my live audience, like or live uh, community of a church, and I'll be a pastor, and I want you to react, overreact to whatever I say. Is that all right? Can you do that? Um, we can trust me. It's it's going to be easy. Ready? Okay. I come out and I'm just like I'm going to be Southern, of course. Uh, there's no denomination tied to this, but I'm going to be a Southern pastor. Ready? I come out. I'm like. How y'all doing? Oh, we're going to talk about all kinds of things today. Hallelujah. Oh, we're going to talk about love. Mm-hmm. Praise Jesus. Oh, we're going to talk Jesus. about how we need to come together. Yes, Lord. Hell. Yes. Hell. Hmm, scary. Hmm? Yeah. I was I kidding. Just hid, I'm kidding. I just hid behind the pew. I'm just kidding. Uh, we're going to talk about love <laughs> and togetherness oh, and love. Jesus Yay. Christ. Love. Je- Jesus love. is love. Jesus. Hell. Love. Hell. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. 
Love? See? <laughs> See that? You're scared, aren't you? No, I'm just kidding. So um, the thing is, uh, it's very, very... That's exactly how church works, <laughs> if you've never been. Oh, my goodness. So the, what, what I'm reiterating... What I'm, explain what I'm, that, Colin. Please explain what I'm ex- What I'm trying to show is that a lot of uh, churches, I would argue, lately, are very, very touchy with the idea of hell. Mm-hmm. Partially... First, because of the stigma of hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And secondly, I think partially because they don't know if hell is even existing or if it is just a state of mind. Yeah. Or a lot of people almost want to try and excuse this whole idea of hell and just say, oh, it's because you're separated from God. There's no mm-hmm. fire or whatever. And then thirdly, I think a lot of people have been told what hell is. And it feels like this weird, fictitious movie flame yeah, game with yeah. a horned devil yeah. guy. And so hell is not very talked about. but Guess what? I don't know if you all know this. We're going to get into it. Jesus Christ, the foremost teacher on hell. He talked about it more than any other person in the Bible. God in the flesh. Not not kidding. Jesus talks about hell more yeah. than any other person in the entire Bible. And there, so there are churches out there, though, who are going for a like it's not even real approach. Absolutely. I, I would agree <clears throat> that it is not like what most people think. Right. Um, so how do we get to a point where we compare and contrast what yeah, we yeah. have been told or know there's, and what the Bible actually says? It seems about like it. there's there's culture zeitgeist hell. <laughs> yeah. There's overly like uh, fire and brimstone, overly fire and brimstone hell. And then there's like non-existent, non-existent. That's right. And so the uh, and, and we're going to really talk about the influence that all those things mm-hmm. have on our understanding yeah. coming into Christianity. Right. Who would who would believe that the Bible actually describes hell so differently than the favorite movies that we've seen, like Little Mickey <laughs> and What Dreams May Come and all these other ones. And so, so yeah. So so with that being said, why don't we create a baseline and talk about kind of what 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 our what our viewpoints have been previously? Maybe even from a, from a non-Christian perspective, maybe before we came to Christ. I'd love, I'd love to do that. Um, Yeah. yeah, We should start talking about uh, what we thought hell was at age 14. Bob, how (laughs) how long have you been a Christian? Let's start there. Um, I, I, would you say you were an intelligent Christian by 14? Yeah. I was I was moving that direction. I so was, let's yeah. let's say thirteen then. Okay, <laughs> we're all we're all right on the cusp of being teenagers. Yeah, uh-huh. we don't we have I have I have not personally been told about what would come to be my walk with Christ yet. I was raised in a Catholic church, but kind of fell out. Yeah. So at thirteen, I had movies to teach me what hell was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and culture. And, yeah. Absolutely. And, culture and definitely. The, yeah. So that's an interesting kind of. Um, we've got a bit of dynamic here because Bob was probably more exposed to church younger on oh, possibly yes. than me or Colin. Colin was born in a Catholic home, but was not really involved in church. Mm-mm. I was kind of in between because my parents took us to church at certain points in our lives, just kind of depending on what was going on and where we lived at the time. So like for about five years when I was in middle school, I was at um, middle school youth group. I did puppets Oh, yes. Which, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. so my religion was mostly based on um, on performing puppet Aww. things <laughs> and uh, um, the fact that I thought that God was a judge that was judging me constantly. Yeah. So, <laughs> so OK, uh, since we're since we're on the subject of like pre. Yeah. Christianity, basically what we call our developed Christianity um, or even our beginning stages. Since you asked me, Bob, I'll start and then we can go around. Sure. Um when I came out of uh, uh, 
Catholic upbringing. Then my father passed away and we stopped kind of going to church for a little while. Um, all I knew was what was described. Uh, and I, I was a avid movie watcher. So we knew like devil's advocate with Keanu Reeves and Al Pacino. And we knew kid about stuff. Yeah. yeah the kids. <laughs> what dreams may come, I think was around the time I was 13. And then, um, several different, uh, movies that sort of don't necessarily depict hell, but talk about the devil or, mm-hmm. uh, and stuff like that. And so you get this, uh, you get kind of get this, uh, created idea that it is some kind of like judgment place that you go to. If you're bad and die immediately, you go to hell and then hell is ruled by the devil with a pitchfork and you are mm-hmm. tortured or, you know, uh, and, uh, you writhe in fire and there's, uh, there it's almost a fun game for them to torture yeah. you. So that's, that was the image I had. And the rules were, if you die and you were bad and you, you were a bad person, that's where you went. All right, guys. Do you know if you thought that that was true somehow, or did you just think that it was fake, but that was the image that right, people well, had of it? Well, at that time, I wasn't a strong Christian, so yeah. I, I would say that I would have probably assumed that that was not true. Yeah. But that was my understanding of yeah, what people sure. thought hell was. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, me, um, kind of real similar when I when I started going to church more kind of in my early teen years, I would say. Um, you know, I, I just, uh, I had a lot of, a lot of guilt and like pent up frustrations, like a lot of like preteen kids do. And like, um, I really thought that, you know, God was there to like judge your actions. And so I don't know if I really knew what I thought hell was because it was scary and I didn't really want to think about it. Yeah. But, um, I will say that I had this dream one time and I'll never forget it. I had a dream that I was on the surface of Pluto. This was when Pluto was a planet. An ice ice planet. Yeah. I was on the surface of Pluto. It was icy. And, um, and there were a bunch of clowns there, like satanic looking. Already. This sounds like hell. Yeah. (laughs) And so as as my own personal hell, let's let's get real. I was visiting Pluto with these uh, killer manic clowns. I realized that I had found the actual location of hell. And that was the dream that I had. So, whoa, yeah. an icy Pluto with clowns that chase you or just laugh at you or chase you, laugh at you, poke you. Interestingly you know. enough, that uh, <laughs> there is an ice level of Dante Alighieri's That's nine true. levels. I didn't have any. And I believe <laughs> um, I will look it up while Bob is describing, but I believe that particular circle is for the adulterers. I thought that was where uh, Lucifer is and his wings continue to flap and create like an icy breeze. Uh huh. If it's the if it's the one I'm thinking of, and like the Nazis and um, mm. some pope that they considered a heretic is there. If it's the one I'm thinking of, if it's the ninth one, which is supposed to be the worst one, it's a frozen wasteland occupied by history's greatest traitors. Now, what planet? was Pluto <laughs> in the order. It's the iciest. So maybe you had it's something. the ninth planet. Wasn't it? It was creepy. <laughs> that is creepy. <laughs> All right. Bearing in mind that Dante Alighieri had no idea what the scripture really says about hell. That is kind of, or did creepy. he know about Pluto? I don't think it was discovered. I don't think so either. Bob yeah. continue. <laughs> That's a weird, creepy thing though. All right, Bob. So, so I, I, I guess, I, I guess I had more, um, my, my perception of hell was definitely one of uh, uh, the, the fire and brimstone and things yeah. of that nature. Um, I, I obviously I, I think I was pretty sure that the, I, the depictions of Satan with the pitchfork was what well, yeah. was not necessarily accurate. 
Um, but uh, but but the rest of it was was pretty much uh, more of the, of the cultural perception, you know. Yeah. Did you have any um, follow? Well, go ahead. Continue. I'm sorry. I don't want to interrupt you. But oh, go, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, do you have any particular cultural things that influenced you, like a movie or something? We're kind of getting uh, into our next question. No, nothing specific. Probably the the more light depictions that you found in a lot of cartoons from time to time. Ooh, okay. cartoons. Ooh. Uh, I mean, I mean, Tom and Jerry and uh, Tom and Jerry had a thing where like uh, Tom or Jerry would die and then these steps would show up. Yeah. Yep. Um, and you also had uh, Bugs Bunny, uh, exactly Powerpuff right. Girls. I forgot about those. Man, that's such a so, great reference. So, so, yeah. yeah I mean, Simpsons, I think. It well, every like, cartoon yeah. eventually will get there. Yes. But I really you're right, though, uh, because um, Tex, what is it? Tex Avery. Oh, basically, all the boomerang shows mm-hmm. eventually would get around to having some kind of like hell depiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bugs Bunny, Usually. definitely, yeah. And they are very, gra- like, super graphic based on art. And- Wasn't there a Powerpuff Girls villain? villain? Yeah. That was basically the devil, but he had, like, claws for hands. Uh, so, so, something like that, but he also, oh, like, oh, wore it's makeup. Him. It's him. him. Yeah, that's right, him. He's a crab. He's mm-hmm. the, yeah, he's a crab. Mm-hmm. But, okay. but but he was definitely kind, he was, kind of depicted as, like, a satanic I always thought creature. he looked like Satan. And he had yeah. this kind of yeah, half that, that girl, half voice, like, overlaid. So whenever yeah, he talked, oh, yes. it was an echoey thing. Yeah. I will just say this. Um, one thing I forgot to mention that I remember from when I was a kid, now I'm, like, kind of, this is circling back up. <laughs> one of the things I always remembered about depictions of hell that I thought was true and heaven, we'll talk about next episode, but that hell was very specific to you. Like, oh, yeah, your own personal yeah. hell. Interesting. And so, and, and as we'll talk about in the second episode, I believe a lot of imagery suggested you had your own personal heaven um, because of this now, idea that, you, you know, now, so, now, now, now that I did grow up with, with heaven. Right. So we'll, we'll get that. We're going to do the same discussion next time. But, uh, yeah. but the interesting thing about hell was it, that which I'm going to talk about my favorite movie that de- defines this. Um, I would have, uh, I would have said uh, what dreams may come because that is basically Dante Alighieri's description right. of everything. But I got to say Bill and Ted's bogus journey. And I got to tell you why in that they all live out their own personal hells, but they are not like atypical. Somebody beat you up when you were a kid and you live <laughs> that over and over for Bill. It's that he is stuck as a child at a birthday party and it's his, old ancient grandmother and she crawls across the table and tells him that she wants a kiss and <laughs> her face is like covered in hair. It's got like nasty teeth and the parents start to like hold him like he can't get away. And he's like, oh, no. and so the other one is Ted. It, Oh, and so that is also that is shot in very, very blue light. So it's just all blue. Oh, yeah. And so then the other one is all pink, but it is a weird skewed like 70s home. And Ted finds an Easter bag and starts eating the candy. And then an Easter bunny shows him and goes, you ate your brother's Easter basket. And he goes, this was 12 years ago. And the bunny goes, mm-hmm. And it's like really <laughs> creepy. I was like, man, <laughs> this is creepier than the fire. <laughs> like. So uh, I always imagined when I was a kid that somehow, like if, if you went to heaven or hell, like if you went to heaven, it's like, oh, I get all the video games I want and whatever. And we'll talk about that next time. But for hell, it would be like, oh, like your deepest, darkest, like worst thing. Yeah, your fear or your worst moment relived. And I, I'm, I'm going to get a little personal right now, but I don't want you guys to, I don't want to well up and have like a really sorrowful moment right now. But my dad had passed away when I was 10. Mm. So I thought if I went to hell that I would just relive it. Wow. Or it, it would be gotcha. like my brother pounding on me or like I thought like, oh, well, that's that's torment, right? Like you'd be punished forever. 
Um, and it's not necessarily unbiblical to think that you wouldn't be tormented, but I just don't know if it would be like, oh, oh Colin's here. Uh, 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 <laughs> not, not necessarily like all the cultural perceptions. Absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, since we're uh, and Zach, did you yeah. say any movie that you thought inspired you? I, I would say or um, book or well, much, much, much later on. But I, I do really enjoy the depictions of the devil in South Park. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's pretty. That movie was made. Uh, think right at the 2000, like right around 2000. So yeah, dude, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's, what's funny about that one <laughs> is that, and that brings up another topic I thought was really funny is that um, in hell, a lot of times in media and movies and yeah. stuff, you see bad people as like helpers. Yeah. So if like, if, if Saddam Hussein or Hitler or somebody yeah. like that's there, they're like, Oh, oh I get to torture people too. Cause I'm so bad. Yeah. They're I get so to be one bad of Satan's that they're basically buddies. like Satan's right hand man. Or something. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Um, yeah. So just like, you know, how you can gain like better status in heaven, which of course is biblical. You can gain better <laughs> status um, in hell by becoming a commander of being. So based on know, how evil. bad you are, yeah. you can be like almost like a general. And then based on how good you are, you can be in a hierarchy. Yeah. Like you're almost like secondhand to uh, Elijah because you're so awesome. Yeah. So that'd be fun to uh, dis- disprove all yeah. of that. And we'll, just, we'll just drop that there and let you all kind of <laughs> stew on it. Okay, so before we <laughs> before we really look at what the Bible uh, talks about, and I want to get into it, um, let's just let's just kind of like discuss for a minute why is there such a fascination with like making those extreme jumps? Like, why do you feel like in in the history of our culture, like mm-hmm. throughout history, did we decide to connect mm. those kinds of dots? Um, do you feel like uh, do you feel like maybe the church was motivated to depict something different for any kind of like ulterior purpose besides mm. just making people afraid? I, I, I think there was a, a couple different things surrounding it. I mean, part of it is is a mythology within the church that has developed mm. over time um, that is then portrayed to the outside world. So they're trying to per- understand this perception from a from a different from an, from a viewpoint that they don't fully understand. And then you yeah. mix with that with the fact that the yep. church is trying to reach out to multiple cultures and speak to them in, in, in a way that they understand to begin with. I mean, for example, I mean, that's why we have, as a side note, that's why we have Christmas in December is because they were trying to reach out. Yeah. I mean, it was moved to December intentionally as right. an evangelical or evangelism tool. A lot of people and, don't it's, really it's, make that connection. They like they try sure. and say, you know, pagan, this is what Christmas is all about. And Christians just turned it into this and so uh christmas is useless or whatever yeah but it's, it's but it's, it's, it's so 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 it's, it's no it's, secret <laughs> yeah, yeah it's we, not like it's a secret oh yeah yeah, yeah. so so the point mm-hmm. is the church has done this many times of trying to connect yeah. these dots between what we're trying of what the bible has to say versus your own culture right and trying to make that so i think there's a mixture of did, a lot of that yeah i mean we took a lot of pagan imagery and kind of made it satanic instead like uh sure oh what's the thing i'm thinking of uh, like the goat people and stuff that was, ah. those were like Celtic oh, Baphomet. Interesting. Yeah. The those, Baphomet, uh, Satanism, uh, horns thing, the yeah. goat, the goat head. Aren't, those are from like Roman pagan. They are from pagan something. stuff. Yeah. And then later adapted into what into would have been Satan. the 1970s, yeah. like modernized. Well, I think Satanism. even, even before that. Like, no, I mean, there was a guy, uh, I can't remember the name. Oh, you're talking about this like author who compiled Alistair all Crowley of, and stuff. It's not Alistair Crowley was like turn of the century. He was like 1900, yeah. uh, late 1800s, early 1900s. But, there was a guy in the 1970s, oh, yeah. and I'll look up his name maybe later, but um, he had compiled together 
all of the beliefs that involved Satanism or the uh, arcane, all this. And then he kind of used the, and again, I, I may be doing it disservice. I'm sorry, Satanists, if I am, but, uh, uh, essentially he had compiled all of these things together and it was like, yeah. a, uh, it was a 1970s guy who then created what is modern Satanism. And he used the goat's head as sort of a yeah. like symbol, which was taken from something very old. Like you said, like a Roman or maybe a um, dark ages sort of. Yeah. Uh, they were, they were old, old pagan symbols. Right. From exactly. like folk religions. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, the people who celebrated those icons, they didn't have a, terminology of like Christian Satan whenever mm-hmm. those images started to like come up. So yeah, we, we definitely took them and made them the evil. Now they may yep. have originally been evil. I don't know, but they were, they were put there in that box in the Satan box adopted. I think if you take like the, a Carl Jung, like Jordan Peterson approach. Yeah. Like those guys talk a lot about how, um, psychologically you have these certain symbols that like resonate with us as humans for storytelling purposes, because we take the world and we kind of simplify it naturally to make it make sense. Sure. And so, yeah, I think what Bob's talking about with the mythologies really kind of fits that sort of thing. Like you need, you need a symbol for torment, eternal torment. So the fire is good for that. And it talks about fire in the scripture, a lake of fire. It does. So you can take that and expand upon it and make it a very simple, um, motif of like, okay, it's filled with flames. That makes sense. Well, uh, so, so the, the thing I was thinking of is (laughs) the satanic Bible. Yes. And it is written or uh, published all these rituals and stuff by Anton LaVey. Oh, Anton LaVey. In 1969. Okay. I've heard that. And he sort of became the figurehead. And we don't have to go into more detail about that, but I was just, that's what I was thinking of. Sorry, Hmm. everybody. I had to do a little digging on that, but um, yeah. So one of the things you touched on Zach, which I want to get into here is sort of this um, depiction that they had. I believe if I, if if I'm answering my own question, I believe that a lot of it came down to, and to the detriment of maybe the evolution or the uh, maybe the, uh, the growth of the church um, we saw what became sort of a like power thing happen with the, the Roman Catholic church where um, you started to see, uh, you know, this, uh, what do you call that? Um, where you can buy your way into heaven. What do you call it? Oh, those? indulgences. We have, we have ind- uh, yes. indulgences. Mm-hmm. We have so, a lot of things uh, involving uh, only Latin versions of the Bible where we have Martin Luther getting involved. A lot of these things come down to the calf. I believe that the Catholic church had a lot of ways of depicting things like, Hey, you're going to go to hell. If you don't do these specific things, here's what it looks like fire and damnation. And you know, all of these things. Yeah. And, and then artists, then knowing that that was such a big prevalent part of the culture started to draw these well, things out. You got to think, you got to think you had a illiterate culture back then. Yes. So people could not read the Bible for themselves. All they can do is imagine. And I think, I think that what happened was we tried to take, um, Orthodox biblical, um, teaching Mm. and simplify it for people. But over time that probably evolved. Right. What, what they used to say was, um, seeing is believing. 
right? right. So you would have these visuals that mm-hmm. you would experience because you couldn't read the word for yourself. And so they made right. these grandiose like spires, these big giant cathedrals and stuff absolutely, with all the depictions of heaven and depictions of hell to sort of simplify the message for people. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, once people started being more literate, once um, the written word became mm-hmm. something that more people had access to, um, hearing became believing. That's right. Yep. So now you have books, Bible studies, theological arguments, a lot of rational kinds yeah. of things. That's kind of the Reformation mm-hmm. wave that we're still writing to well, this day. And, and, right. and, and one of the most famous of those initial paintings you were talking about uh, that led up and, and helped shape mm. so much of this culture. Uh, it comes from like Michelangelo's uh, the last uh, the, uh, the day Sistine of judgment. Chapel. Yep, exactly yeah. from the Sistine Chapel. The day touching of the fingers. Ching. Is that what you're talking about? Or uh, uh, oh, oh, a different one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. the Day of Judgment. I oh, know yeah, that know one. Oh yes, yes. It's it's a rather. Um, we'll talk about the yeah, yeah, Sistine t- Chapel's yeah, uh, other one next week. Yeah, terrifying uh, imagery in, in a lot of respects, uh, but that was his intentional purpose. Hell is not right. necessarily something that you want to think of in a positive light, and this kind of demonstrates kind of why. Well, uh, negative, negative light, uh, scary light. Is that what you mean? Uh, yes, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. Well, so mm-hmm. one of the things. Um, Again, I think that, and I'm, and again, I'm not trying to throw shade at any, uh, but we did make a lot of mistakes <laughs> theologically. As I mean, we have we have come a long way. As Zach has said, we have we have uh, Bible studies now. We can really hone in what the, the Lord is speaking to us. Um, but I do believe that there was probably a good deal of fear, sure, involved in the idea of saying, "Well, you should fear the Lord," and that's very true. But at the same time taking it to the extent of you better do what you need to do or else you're going to go to this place and it would be this like big mural you know, got to get your people get, stabbed and thrown yep. into hell and all you got to get your get out of hell ticket so uh yeah uh i wanted to kind of preface this next part by saying that i'm not an expert we we certainly as a, a podcast don't specialize in uh art or evolution of uh depictions uh throughout history but um, I did find a really interesting article, and I also did a little research on kind of the evolution uh, of Satan's depiction and art and things like that. And since we're talking about hell, I thought it was very pertinent. So um, the article I found, which we can link in the description. <coughs> Zach, can we link this in the description? Of course. Is called The Changing Face of Satan from 1500 to Today. Um, and it came out a few years ago, but I, I, I thought it was um, pretty pertinent. Uh, but essentially what we see is that... Um, different artistic portrayals that kind of started in the, uh, started in the 1500s and 1600s have this kind of like, uh, sort of, uh, Satan. Uh, there's a picture here and it's Satan. Like it is a skeleton with some wings and people are all like surrounding him and he is kind of leading people astray and yada, yada, yada. And then as we go through, we kind of see what happens when the 1700s roll around and you have, uh, um, depictions of Satan uh, as this like wretched beast. Um, and there's like these people laying on the ground and it kind of gives you a, a better look at hell. Uh, and a lot of it comes from um, what we now know as Paradise Lost, John Milton's Paradise Lost. I've been saying Dante Alighieri, uh, but Dante also has uh, Dante's The Inferno. The Inferno. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. But uh, essentially the comedy. The Divine Comedy, not Paradise Lights, the Divine Comedy. But um, uh, so what we uh, end up seeing with a lot of these new depictions are, like I said, very influenced by 
other religions. And so we have like a lot of Hindu, a lot of Buddhist, a lot of Taoist. Um, what did you say it was called, Zach? Zoroastrianism. Zoroastrianism. Yeah. I mean, folk religions and other religions. Um, this is not new and, uh, it hasn't really stopped either. Um, we were actually in, um, Haiti and there is a religious building that we saw and it had like a depiction of what looked like a very Catholic, like Saint almost kind of looked like a Mary kind of depiction. So I thought it was a Catholic church. It looked totally Catholic, but then our, uh, you know, our people there on the ground that were hosting us said, this is actually a voodoo temple. So they had used like Catholic imagery. Um, they had the Virgin Mary there, but it was actually was a, uh, their version of it in that specific place was a right. goddess that they were worshiping. And so, hmm. yeah, there's, there's stuff like that all over. So, yeah. um, there was this, um, artist guy, uh, there was a few, so I'll just name a few that this article mentions, uh, Hieronymus, um, Hieronymus Bar, uh, Botch, uh, Albrecht Dürer and Heinrich Galzi from Germany, but there was this guy um, named uh, uh, Bar- Barrett. I'm not, sp- I don't, I'm just not sure I'm not pronouncing that right. But um, his idea was that the Bible was very vague on the visuals mm. of Satan in hell. And um, <coughs> he felt like uh, he had, he decided that uh, he took from older traditional imagery yeah. um, that already kind of looked like demons and stuff. And he said he took bits and pieces from a lot of now defunct religions and they synthesized that in cloven feet from pan horns from the gods of various cults, uh, of the East. And he said in the 15, and this is from Barty, uh, Barret, Barrette, however you say it in the 15th and 16th century, these solidified into this personification of evil seen as the great enemy of Christ, the church and mankind, a horrid bestial furry figure. And so furry, huh? Again, they, the <laughs> artists, artists were drawing on other depictions, but yeah. partially to maybe, maybe their intentions were good to, yeah, to, to make kinda, the point, to make the clear. point of yep. how sinister this person was yeah. because they believed that the Bible was vague. I would argue that it's not so vague. I mean, there's not, it doesn't say everything, but it says a lot. It yeah. says a lot. And so, um, you must learn to, um, Accept a much wider view, yeah. not the narrow, dogmatic view of the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh and so um, Dante's Inferno. We we know that there's the levels of hell. There's a lot of things going on with that. Places specifically that they go. And what's interesting is that in the scriptures, God actually talks about the different rooms that He has prepared. Yeah. Um, but He doesn't necessarily talk about that for hell. But um, maybe Dante was taking a few ideas from the scripture, but he also took a lot from different religions, um, which we already heard from, from this other guy, Barrett or, uh, yeah. And then of course, um, Oh, uh, and so eventually what we get is sort of this, um, hodgepodge of different cultures, understanding of like the enemy and then just sort of depict that going forward. Right. And so what we want to do now, what we want to do now is kind of go through and talk about what the scripture actually says. Wouldn't that be nice for a Christian podcast to do that? <laughs> so before, before I have a list of things that the Bible actually says about hell that will give us a good clue about maybe what the devil's doing, what the devil's not doing and what hell is about. And so 
before we do the jumping around of scriptures, I want to read Revelation 20 through 22. And I want us to kind of take it a few steps you at a time. Popcorn it. Yeah, I'll start with uh, 20 and I'll get down to Satan's doom and the dead are judged and all of that. And then we'll kind of uh, have somebody pick up at 21. Is that okay? I'll go sure. through this. As, uh, I hope it's not too boring for our listeners. The scripture uh, is very, very, very uh, renewing. I think if you maybe hear it again uh, in a study way like this. So uh, hopefully it does that for you. So, okay. Revelation 20, starting in verse 1. And I saw an angel coming down out of heaven, having the key to the abyss and holding in his hand a great chain. He seized the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is the devil or Satan. So immediately we acknowledge that the devil is also Satan. They are the same thing. And in this depiction, the angel comes down and grabs him and bound him for a thousand years. He threw him into the abyss and locked and sealed it over him. Now I would argue he was that stuck the, in that James Cameron movie. Yeah. Right yep. down in the abyss. I like the movie the abyss actually. Um, I would say that the abyss is probably not hell because later we're going to find out where, when he actually does go to hell. So for now let's, let's kind of keep an open mind about what the abyss is. Okay. And locked him in, uh, and locked and sealed it over him to keep him from deceiving the nations anymore until the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be set free for a short time. I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge, and I saw souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony for Jesus and because, yeah, because of the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their forehead or their hands, they came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. That is very, very important for everybody because in uh, the third episode, we're going to talk about what was going on with all those people. You going to get into millennialism, Colin, there? I'm not good at that. We'll have to get some, we'll have to, but. <laughs> the millennial, the millennial yeah. stuff hurts your head. Pre-millennial, post-millennial. Yeah, I've man, heard me, those terms me a lot. Me too. Makes me dizzy. This is the first <laughs> resurrection. Blessed and holy are those who have uh, who have part in his in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. Satan's doom. Here we go. This is this is where we're getting into about hell. When the thousand years are over, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle in number they are like the sand on the seashore they march across the camp of god's people the city he loves but fire came down from heaven and devoured them and the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown they will be tormented day and night forever and ever now we're going to stop there so here's something wait that- wait wait, wait. So, so who's being tormented here? First of all, we have the beast, we have the devil, yeah, and we have the false prophet. That's three individuals specifically, right? Yes, but at this juncture, at this point, but of those, of those, I believe some would argue that those are all different things that are Satan, but uh, but they are also. <coughs> 
there's a lot that goes into this. And uh, again, sure. we are just scratching the surface. So yeah. I'm, I'm just going to read through. But what I can tell you that we know for sure after reading that is that Satan is not the ruler of hell. He is right. cast into hell to suffer just like everybody else who is casted into hell to suffer. So first thing we can strike off the list of false things. Satan is not some ruler down there who gets to torment people and have fun. And the he's, king of hell. He yeah. is not under God's command to like hurt people and whatever. God allows certain things that Satan does to happen throughout the scripture. Yeah. He allows Satan to do certain things. But when the time comes, when those thousand years are over, it's hell time. Yeah. For him and his, and we're going to find out later that him, him and a bunch of his angels are down there right. too. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, isn't it? Because you could say like, if the devil know, like even the devil knows this is what that's right. His fate is why continue to try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I guess it's like just trying to deceive as many people, right. As possible. Cause <clears throat> if you can cut off some of God's children from him, like that's just maybe sticking it to him. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's very, very true. Uh, you have like what what basically happens is that I guess at some point they people began to associate Satan yeah. with hell. Yeah. And then say Satan deceives you and makes you go to hell, which technically isn't untrue. Right. But it's not that Satan controls hell and torments yeah. you. It's almost like I'm going to bring as many with me. Yes. Doesn't that sound like the uh, pathetic, like, mechanisms of somebody like that? Like, oh, well, if I'm going to hell, I better take all the the believers because that at least will mean a victory for me. Um, So, yeah. So there's there's kind of a. um, Sorry, guys, I'm looking up something. Uh, Doesn't that kind of paint a different picture than what we've already been told? Um, I mean, because essentially now we realize that Satan is suffering in hell first because we haven't really I mean, he's been thrown down into hell as soon as those thousand years are over. And so the next little part that we talk about is where the dead are judged. So Mm -hmm. we're going to we kind of want to wait on that. We don't necessarily want to talk about episode three. Yeah, we want to we want to wait on that for episode three. But there is. Another revelation scripture we should talk about from Revelation 21. And then we're going to save the rest of this stuff for the second, the second or third episode. All right. So Revelation 21. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wait, st- did you skip, did you skip um, the rest of Revelation 20? Yeah. We're talking yeah, because about, it's uh, the, about the dead being judged. Now, if yeah, you want to, uh, I'm oh, going to, okay, I'm going to yeah, let yeah. you guys read that. Go ahead. You can go ahead and read it, but we're going to table some of the things that addresses for next time. Okay. And then I'm going to skip down to Revelation. We'll come back to it next time. Well, okay. Yeah. We're gonna talk. Uh, we're gonna also talk about Revelation twenty one eight right now. So okay. I'll just go ahead and read it. It's um. So I'll just start in six. Uh, since this is pretty much the last thing we're gonna read. Um, he said to me, "It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give uh to drink without cost from the spring of the water of life." Now this is, of course, we're getting more into heaven imagery, but then he says. He who cover who overcomes will inherit all this, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. Now here's the important part. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, yeah. the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, 
their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur, which we hear again. This is the second death. Okay, so what do we also know about hell? I believe that since it has been reiterated several times, that fire and burning sulfur does exist in hell. Mm -hmm. This is not a imagery thing. This is a real thing. And it is then reiterated again, well, before now, in uh, Matthew, where they talk about if you... Uh, if you look at a woman adult uh, uh, in a lustful way, it's better to cut your eye out yeah. and throw it into the burning lake of sulfur yep, right. than suffer your entire body to go there. Yep, that so, is the, the, the words of Jesus. So the second thing we know, is there fire? Yes, there is lots of burning fire and sulfur. <laughs> that is that they is got that thing. one right. <laughs> well, again, so we can understand sort of where we get this imagery of a burning hell. Um, whether or not the depictions go a little too far and kind of suggest more than they do is relevant. But what we have is um, this confirmation about fire. So next we are going to talk about um, this idea of being completely separate from the Lord. So now we are going to, um, now we are going to sort of uh, jump around in the scripture. Do you guys have the ability to kind of look up some scripture yep, while we sure. do this? Yes. So Zach, will you look up Second Thessalonians one nine, and Bob, will you look up Matthew twenty five forty one? Gotcha. Matthew twenty five forty one. Okay. Okay, I got Second Thessalonians. All right, Zach, go ahead with Second Thessalonians, Thessalonians one. Or you can, if you nine. feel like you need to read before for context too, that's fine. If you feel like it's necessary to do so. Um, one nine says they will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might on the day he comes to be glorified with his holy people and to be marveled at among all those who have believed. This includes you because you believed our testimony to you. So what does that tell us? If, if we are going to be completely cut off, which we've already seen several times in the scriptures, completely cut off from your care or completely cut off from the Lord and destroyed. Um, and we also see that in the Psalms um, where they are destroyed forever. If we look at what it says in Revelation, again, I'm, this is still just yeah. scratching the surface. There's so much more that goes into this. But what we can know based on different scriptures is that when that time comes for you to be judged and potentially sent to hell, God cuts you off from him, yeah. the new earth. And when you have the second death, as they define it in Revelation, at that point, you are no longer in the presence of the Lord. Currently on the earth, we have the ability to uh, to to have the presence of the Lord in our life through the Holy Spirit. And when we pass away and uh, uh, our uh, whatever happens, what we will talk about in the second episode, uh, those people get to still be in the glory of God. They get to be in the presence. So the idea of being separate from from the Lord, that idea people have about just being split. From maybe hell is just being split from the Lord. Yeah. That does have credence based one on the, the scripture. Yeah. One of the places in scripture that, that I think is really interesting is uh, Luke 16, um, where Jesus gives the parable of the rich man and the beggar whose name mm. is Lazarus. Do you want to read that one? Um, I, yeah. I have a little bit of it blurb there, but we'll get to that I one can, in a minute. But Well, I, I just wanted to say that it goes to the point of the... Um, the separation thing, because while you were cut off from God yes, and while, you know, we talk about there being uh, no turning point at some point, um, yeah. there is still kind of the knowledge that other things are out there because the rich man is suffering in hell and he asks for a drop of water and he's able to look up at Lazarus who's in heaven 
and uh, say, can yes. you please bring me a, a cup of water? So they're separated by a vast distance, but there's still cross communication somehow. So I find that really that interesting. Is interesting. That is yeah. interesting. And, yeah. and that's, and that's now that's a parable, but no, 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 you, I mean, but yeah. Jesus said it. Right. Sure. So, uh, what we can't know for sure. Again, these are a lot of things yeah. that would take a long time of uh, like a years of study. Yeah. But one of the things we can't know for sure is what hell has to do with heaven. The connection, the relationship. There are a lot of scriptures that talk about it, and there are things that we can know. But one of those that I I I think that the scripture says for sure is that we, if we are in hell suffering eternally, yeah. would not be able to experience the presence of God in any way. Right. We are completely cut off from God. Mm-hmm. Whether or not we can see the glories of heaven depicted from somebody else far off, that is interesting idea. But uh, I know that from what the scripture says, we are cut off from the Lord. Mm-hmm. So. So you want Matthew 25, 41. Please uh, talk about the devil yeah. and his angels. Yes. So so, so, so th- this is in the passage, uh, what I consider to be one of the scariest passages in all of scripture. If you want to go back to context, that's fine with me. Yeah. Well, so, well I'm, no, I'm just going to briefly summarize that this okay. is the part where Jesus is, sep- uh, Jesus is telling people about the last days of judgment. That's right. And it's, and it's often referred to separating the sheep from the goats. And what you've done for the least of these, you have done for me. And, and th- those are kind of the ideas that are here. That's right. um, and then in verse 41, uh, <coughs> Jesus says, uh, then he will say, then he, he being God, I believe, uh, the, uh, will say to those at his left hand, you that are cursed, depart from me into the eternal fire, prepare for the, for the devil and his fire. angels. For I was hungry and you, uh, and you, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, et cetera, et cetera. But the important point that you wanted to bring out there, Colin, was the idea of that this is a, uh, a fire that is prepared for the de- devil and his for the devil and his angels. The, 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 it is. Yes. This idea that it was, um, it's not that, meant for us. Yes. That's what I've heard pastors say. I mean, yeah. and that's, and that's that, the thing is that God, God had this ready to like exist at a time of his choosing all in accordance with his plan for yeah. the day of judgment mm-hmm. and the devil and, and the devil is meant to suffer there with the other people that yeah. help the devil, his angels, as they call them, which I, I now I would almost assume yeah. they might have been the uh, the that's where we might have gotten the idea of Satan and his fallen yeah. angels well, together yeah. in yeah. in cohorts. I think it'd be really neat to kind of go into this sometime. But, you know, angel really just means messenger and it's a job. That's right. Description. So there's not a creature called an angel. Wait, but art would say otherwise, Zach. I'm kidding. Go ahead. I don't know what you're talking about. Art. Oh, art. Yes. Not not the guy art. Art yeah. as in art. The art world. The art, art. Artistic the depictions. Thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. So like there, there are things that we would call angels, but they are beings who are spiritual. They're not humans. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're beings who are spiritual that God created. Like when it says the host of heaven. That's right. And things like that. God has all these, um, all these other beings around him. They're mm-hmm. spiritual in nature, and some of them ha- are evil, and they. That's I, right. We it's unclear whether they like chose to become evil at some point or whatever. But there are demons, you know, and those aren't humans either. Right. They're also spiritual beings, but they are ones who are following the enemy and who are against us, you know. Right. And against God, and so the Bible talks about them as like, um, as as the demons that Jesus talks to in the new Testament or like as the, I think it calls it, calls them like uh, at one point there's the sons of God 
these spiritual beings who come down to earth and, and have children with women like Genesis six. Mm, and that's stuff. Right. Genesis. Yes. Yeah. So I think it partially, um, maybe that's what it's talking about. There is, um, the devil has other spiritual beings that are kind of on his side. I think that those are ones who get thrown in with him. Well, so, so, so uh, I'll go back to revelation just real quick. We did skip over this part cause I want to save it for the third episode, but there is some important stuff that I will readdress just kind of to reiterate the point you just made. And that is that uh, the idea of um, Hades and uh, death, I guess, as they want to call them um, in verse uh, 13 of, of uh, Revelation 20, it says the sea gave up the dead that were in it and the and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them, which is what we'll talk about in the third episode. Sure. Uh, but it says and each person was judged according to what he had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. And you're mm. like, wait, my brain just broke. How does a place get <laughs> thrown into the lake of fire? <laughs> the lake of fire is the second death. Yeah. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Yeah. So what do we know about hell as well? Is that God throws people in there. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. There are people that are going to hell. You can't, excuse this yeah people want to uh maneuver around scripturally want to maneuver it's a around destination this. for some though That's we right. would say that god does not desire yep. for that to yes be no, no, no no yes no. and jesus yeah. and jesus refers to it as eternal do you, yes, do you know what i the, yeah. a, a friend of mine asked me do you think i'm going to hell before he became he's now a, a very uh strong christian and i said i don't believe god wants you to go to hell yeah and people like that's to, a good answer. And people like to spin that and say, "Well, why would God just send me to hell for something? He made me this way, so mm-hmm. me going to hell is unfair." I'm like, "He doesn't. You are beautifully and wonderfully made, but the world can recreate you in its in its image sometimes. Yeah. And so, and then Satan can uh, dissuade you in his stuff. Mm-hmm. So anyway, what we know also about hell, people are going there." Angels are getting thrown down there. Satan is getting thrown down there. People yeah. are getting thrown down there, especially on the day of judgment. They're going to basically pull people out of wherever they are. And we'll talk about that in the third episode and throwing them into hell. I mean, that's very, very clear. So what do we know? God has not only created hell and reserved it. He has control over it. There's no like Satan is constantly battling yeah. for power of the cosmos. That's his home base. Right. So there's no like equal portions of power. The, 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 this dualism perspective yeah. that, not, that, not that, that we're, we're always trying. We, we got to make sure the enemy doesn't gain further ground. God might lose this one. Absolutely not true. And uh, the he depic- will only lose if you don't share this post. And, and like in the movie and like in the movie Devil's Advocate, which I think we should do like a five episodes of different devil or hell depictions or whatever they get it wrong. But in the devil's advocate, he kind of makes this case that he's like, Oh, do you want to be with God? No, you want to be with me? Cause you know, I let you do whatever you want to do. And it's like, but you don't really have the power to do <laughs> like God could just be like, Nope. And like smack you into hell, you know? And, 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 and then on that note, when you look at the book of Job, Job is really an interesting depiction. Those first two chapters, yeah. because perplexing Joe, even yes it is yeah. i would definitely say it's it perplexing is. Yeah. but because god allows but it's, 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 it's not only that that god allows it but 
But Satan has to ask permission from God before he's even right. able to touch, to, to afflict anything yeah, upon right. Job or his family. And what's interesting, and we can, this is a whole other episode, and I know we're running out of time, but what's interesting about that also is that God was not, was not shook. Yeah. He's like, Satan, right. you have this thing yeah. for me? Not shook. Let's do this. Well, just like, um, just like angel is a job description, yeah. Satan is too. The word Satan or Satan mm. is, it means enemy, adversary, or accuser. That's right. Right? So his name is not Satan. He is the Satan. But yeah. I will say, even though that you're right, that is a word, yeah. uh, but th- there is a real pre- present enemy, yeah. real yes. entity yeah. that uh, assumes that name. And as we see from the scripture, a lot of people are named after meanings of words yeah. but um where the person the person who tempts jesus in the 40 days the the, the person yeah. the person we're talking about now in revelation that gets thrown into the lake of fire sure the, that gets to do his thing for a thousand years that person is a, is real so do not deceive yourself into believing yes. that the enemy does not exist but but speaking on that on that name i find that really interesting that that also the name for satan um, that a lot of people assume is in fact Lucifer. Lucifer, oh yeah, yes, That's right. Well, Lucifer but, is used, I think, once or twice in the Bible. No, right? it's used once in one, one specific verse, instance. Yes, in one single verse, yeah. in one instance, in one translation. Oh. So it's only King the, James. It is, in fact, the King ah, James. I had a feeling. Yes, whereas more modern translations would refer to it not as O Lucifer, but O Morning Star. And, or Beelzebub? Okay, uh, <laughs> no, no, it's no, no, go <laughs> on. So, but but what makes this even more perplexing to me is that this passage is not doesn't really. There's nothing about this passage yeah. other than Christian mythology trying to find some level of association that even associates this really to to Satan at all. Right. The passage is written to and about the Babylonian king. Yeah. And more historic, from a more uh, Christian historical perspective, most people believe that this that this passage, O Morningstar, O Lucifer, what he was being paralleled to was not our view of Satan, but as a Babylonian deity right. that yeah. he yeah. would have understood. Some people actually make the claim that Baal yeah. and the influence of ba- Baal yeah. is also Satan. Some people make that. Th- yeah. th- th- that well, and, and, you know, and the I, word, I the word Baal being, means Lord. Baal, and so there are places in the false, Hebrew false lord. Well, there's people. No, it literally just means lord. Like there are places in the Hebrew scripture where it actually like calls God the Baal. <laughs> ah, interesting. which is which is interesting. Um, and only uh, it's an improper noun. It just means lord or master. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a lowercase <laughs> g. Is it a lowercase g yeah, kind of yeah. situation? But okay. when they refer to Baal, the capital B deity, that's the god. Yeah. The other thing that's interesting about that. Um, you know, where there's the servants of Baal and they do uh battle with Elijah up on yeah. Mount Carmel and they have the whole like face off with the mm-hmm. altars oh, yes. or whatever. Um, but maybe he's asleep. Yeah. Maybe you need to see, uh, shout louder. Yeah. There, there are some people who connect um the Baal worshipers there to other people who lived in Greece at the time right. and oh, said that they might've been um like a spinoff of the people who worshiped the figure of Hercules 
So I like to think Ooh. of the ball people going like Hercules is going to save us. Yeah. No, <laughs> nope. so, um, I have, I have just a, f- a, f- a few more scripture to get through. It'll take a very short time, but will you guys look up some for me? Sure. Uh, why don't you take Isaiah 66, 24. I got Isaiah. Matthew 25, 46. So we're jumping a few, a few things down from Matthew 20. Love uh, Isaiah. You got it. 25, 41. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm already at 20, Matthew 25. So I got that one. So talk about Bob, talk about uh, what happens to people that go to hell. Okay, so, um, uh, so so here in Matthew twenty five forty six, um, it says um, so. So he's basically just given a description of of uh, of um, of why these people are going here because you didn't take care yes. of me and things of that nature. And I was like, well, Lord, when, when do we do these? And twenty five, he says, then he will answer them. Truly, I tell you, just as you did did not do it for one of the least of these, you did not do it for me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but eternal the righteous. Punishment into eternal life so eternal punishment so that answers a question that might have been up in the air can someone have a limit to the amount of punishment they get and then maybe just go back to heaven or whatever so so, so absolutely not so this goes into the idea of well hell is just a place of purifying helping people get right pay for the penance not true ty- type of mentality <laughs> sad it, story not true at all it's, 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 so, so you're, you're showing it's jail that, yeah. yeah so you're showing with this passage that yeah. that the word eternal seems to be used in very much described and that. and i've bashed god's not dead and i know that that is a very popular movie but i will say there is one particular conversation i loved from it where this old woman, I guess she is uh, sort of, uh, she has dementia or yeah. something. And she is uh, speaking to Dean Kane. Dean Kane as if yeah. <laughs> he is sort of like uh, a stranger, but she's, she yeah. has this moment of clarity where but she says, son. but she says, oh, well, you know, you guys think that you are free and clear and you sit in this like sort of prison cell and the door is wide open. You could walk out of it, but you choose to stay in it. And then at a time when you're like, oh, my time's almost up. I'll just leave the prison cell now. But no, the the door closes and you're there forever. That was like kind of the imagery of that mm. conversation. And so I like that because in the scripture it says not only is there eternal punishment, but if we go on to read, uh, Zach, could you read um, Isaiah 66? Isaiah 66, 24. It talks about worms and burning. and Well, it's talking about the the new heavens and the new earth. Yeah. Is talking about Israel restored, and so if you, the context of this is, it's very much written to an audience that was Israel in exile. Right. So they're living as slaves in Babylon at this point. So um, here's what God says to them: I will set a sign among them, and I will send some of those who survived to the nations, to Tarshish, to the Libyans and Lydians, famous as archers to Tubal and Greece <laughs> and to the distant islands that have not heard of my fame or seen my glory. They will proclaim my glory among the nations and they will bring all your people from all the nations to my holy mountain in Jerusalem. So we're bringing people back into the new city on earth. All right. So that's, that's a new earth uh, yeah. imagery, but let's, let's hear about what happens yeah. to the bad people. So says as the new heavens and the new earth, that I make will endure before me, declares the Lord. So will your name and descendants endure from one new moon to another, from one Sabbath to another, all will bow down before me, says the Lord. And they will go out and look on the dead bodies of those who rebelled against me. The worms Uh that eat them will not die. The fire that burns them will not be quenched and they will be loathsome to all mankind. So basically 
speaking to an audience yeah. that's being oppressed for years and years and years. God is telling them that the people who do wicked to them are going to not only be destroyed, but they'll be tortured forever. Unending worms yeah. are eating them and unending fire is burning them. And so this idea that somehow there's a, there's a limit to what happens. Absolutely untrue. And I know this is very, very sad news, but <coughs> we have everlasting life. Hmm. I, and now based on what the scriptures have said, it seems that is as though whether you go to heaven or hell, you have everlasting life and that's either a gift or a curse because it seemed like you would just want to die die forever if you were well it's not it's not everlasting life it calls it the second death that is so while you are still in existence in some way it is death it is death yeah and so um lastly what will um what i'll probably finish us out on um which i know is a sore note but we'll, we'll we'll finish out here Two of the Psalms that we talk that we have discussed, uh, but I'll reiterate, talk about how the wicked are destroyed, which is what Zach was discussing. So in Psalm 37, um, we see, uh, let me get to it for evil. And so Psalm 37, I'll just read verse nine and then I'll get to Psalm 92, which is one of our favorite Psalms. Um, It says in verse nine, for evil men will be cut off, but those who have hope in the Lord will inherit the land. Again, reiterating what Isaiah said uh, with the worm eating. But if we go to Psalm 92, which is what the flourish song is based on, we get the similar imagery with plants, which says, um, it is good to praise the Lord. We, you know, we know the song, Uh, but it says for surely your enemies, O Lord, surely your enemies will perish. All evil doers will be scattered. You have, uh, no, no, Uh Great works, uh, fools do not understand. Oh, verse 7 of Psalm 92 again. So, though the wicked spring up like grass or weeds, all evildoers and all evildoers flourish, they will be destroyed forever. Think about that. How can you be destroyed destroyed forever? In the sandlot. How long will you be destroyed for? Forever. (laughs) But seriously, what do you you think of when you hear destroyed? You hear a a, a moment in time that's done. I think about like, um, you know, when we were kids and we'd stick like um, uh, a stick of dynamite, a small firecracker, like into like a G.I. Joe or something and blow it up. It's gone, you know, in a moment. That's what destroyed is to me. But that like, but unending that like. We can't even comprehend. Absolutely, we can't. And so um, as we finish up here, we have went way over time. It's going to be maybe our longest episode in a while. But I will just say, besides our live uh, streams, but I will just say that now we can sort of, after going through everything, uh, I made a list of the things we know for sure about Uh hell and Satan. Satan does not rule hell, but suffers in it just like the rest. There is fire. Yes, a lot of fire and other terrible torments. You are completely separate from the Lord and from earth, cut off from his care, cut off and destroyed. Um, you, uh, God not only created hell, but has power over hell and is not in some kind of weird struggle with, with Satan. There are angels in hell and other, uh, you know, like the false prophet, the uh, Hades and uh, all of these other very important things are also in hell. Um and, but they, not right now, but they will be in the day of judgment. And so let's clarify that. Um, hell isn't happening now. It is prepared 
mm. for for that time. Like your tax return is prepared. It is. And then sent in later. <laughs> it's like you have a big uh, a five-year-old birthday party and there's 30 kids and you, you buy a blow-up castle and you say, I didn't have this yesterday, but I went ahead and prepared it because new kids were coming and they all needed something to bounce in. So God's like, well, there was a bunch of, that's a very bad. I don't yeah, want kids it's, being it's, going yeah. to hell necessarily. But um, <laughs> sometimes it can feel that way when you're hosting a, a, a birthday party. Oh, boy. So, oh, I'm sorry. I'm kidding. <laughs> I know. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. So, um, and is hell eternal? Absolutely. It is eternal. Do you torment forever in hell? Yes, you do. And can you be, can you come back? Can you at some point find God again? Or can you, are you completely cut off and destroyed forever? You're completely cut off and destroyed forever. Now, I know that's really bleak, and I'm sorry that we're talking about it, but uh, essentially what we're afraid to preach on is this idea that is clearly defined yeah. throughout the scripture by Jesus, by John and the yeah. Revelation. There's well, there's so many different what, places. Well, let's be honest. It's not a happy topic. No. And, and, so, and so pastors often want to stick to the happy topics, but- You got to get some well, butts in the seats. Here's, here's the interesting thing. <laughs> Have you guys ever read uh, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God by Jonathan Edwards? I've, I've read, heard of it. I, no, 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 I, I have read a segment of it. <laughs> okay. Here's, um, but, but I have not actually got a chance to read it. If you don't know, if you don't know, it was a it was a sermon by a early Puritan preacher in, in writer, New England. Yes, Sinners ex- in the Hands of an Angry God. And for some reason, famous, for some famous. reason here in America, we have to read it in middle school for some reason. <laughs> and it talks about how you're just a spider that is in God's hand dangling over fires that will just burn you up. Just a spider. But the thing that nobody ever talks about is that sermon goes on to say mm-hmm. that God in his mercy snatches you from that fire that's through right. Jesus. And, and it has it has the gospel and it speaks about the grace of God that he would save us from this mess. And English textbooks that we read it from just focus on that one part. Well, that's pretty convenient because because of the imagery and and to avoid getting into the uh, religious, uh, the, yeah. more, the more religious spiritual. <laughs> but the imagery of the fire sticks with you. And so that's why the hell imagery sticks around so long Absolutely. for us. And as we know yeah. from different scriptures, God will never let anything that he has taken come back out of his hand once he has you in his hand. And uh, one of the things that... Uh, we are going to be talking about next week is for the people who are saved and God wants to save you yeah. from that, that eventuality. Absolutely. Uh, and yeah. so next, next time, don't leave it here with this bleak message. Uh, Come back, please. For next, next week, <laughs> next week will be all about heaven, what it is, what it isn't. We will go through the same template. We will try and maybe condense this a little bit more, but we've gotten a lot of the uh, heavy handedness out of the way. We can talk about what heaven is and what it's not. And all of the great ideas that come from the scripture. Absolutely. So guys, thank you so much for listening. Thanks Check for us listening. out again on Patreon on give um, us ratings. Uh, please give us ratings. Please uh, uh, comment with us. Thank you so much for your involvement in our live streams. But uh, as I've talked to uh, many in the past, uh, uh, if you feel like you are giving to, uh, uh, to the Lord, um, uh, uh, you know, when you feel like this is uh, your church in your ear. Uh, so we appreciate that. God also is, um, we hope uh, uh, glorified by what we're doing here so um, if you feel the same way then feel free to give uh, and uh, we just hope that you check us out in the next episode thanks peace love you <laughs>